0: <laughs> this is our new podcast. This is Don't Fuck with Ghosts. That's fucking right. I guess we should introduce ourselves.
1: I said, this is really weird, but we're doing this. Um, so, Oops. I'm Greer. I'm Betsy. And we are best friends for life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We've known each other since we were five.
1: Yeah. For any strangers out there who happen to stumble upon this podcast, and it's not just people who know us who are listening. We've known each other for 20 years now. Mm-hmm. It's going on 21. Yeah. So we met in kindergarten mm-hmm. and
0: we've been best friends ever since, which is a Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Gone through every stage of life together. I know. And we lived together for two and a half years, which we'll get into later. Yeah. Because there's some <laughs> spooky shit going on with that.
1: Lots of spooky <laughs> shit. Um, but.
0: Which brings us, yeah, yeah, the premise of our whole podcast
1: Yeah, don't fuck with ghosts. So Betsy is the one who proposed this podcast idea like a month and a half ago. Yeah, it was Valentine's Valentine's
0: Day Day. and we had a friendship day and then we went to lunch and I was like, listen.
1: It was a (laughs) full-ass business proposal. She came with documents prepared.
0: (laughs) I did. I did. I had started a whole Google Doc, unbeknownst to Greer. Yeah. But basically, I was really bored at work one day. And I had, like, an epiphany because Greer and I are obsessed with ghosts and, like, everything supernatural. And I was just thinking, well, what what can we talk about for hours? I was like, we should start a fucking podcast. And she went along with it, as she does with a lot of my plans. Following (laughs) you to London. Yes.
1: (laughs) And here we are. I
0: convinced her to come to London with me for a long weekend, and now I convinced her to start a podcast with It's the natural progression of a friendship. But Um, I actually wanted to thank you for that because I don't think I could do this without you and or anyone else. (laughs) So, but I've been, I'm very excited about this. I think you can tell because I've texted you and sent you shit for the last month.
1: Yeah, I mean, as I, as she said, like, she came with a full business proposal. Like, this was not a joke. This is not a casual suggestion. This was like, we're doing this just so you know, we're making a podcast. But yeah. We love all things paranormal. Like we love ghosts. We love spooky things. We love haunted houses, yeah. haunted forests, scary movies. Like mm-hmm. this is very much something that we're super passionate about. And so that's why we're making this podcast. We just want to talk about this shit because it's so mm-hmm. fascinating and fun to us and also terrifying. Like to make it clear, we're terrified of these things. We're not like flippant about them. We just love to talk about it and it's fun in that way.
0: Yeah, so we're we're fascinated by ghosts and everything supernatural, but we wouldn't, like, openly invite them into our home, if you catch my drift.
1: Yeah, like, one of the <laughs> core pillars of this podcast and of our lives is that we don't fuck with Ouija boards. No, absolutely,
0: absolutely not.
1: Absolutely not. We had
0: a Halloween party in 2019, and then our Facebook invite... At the very end, it said Ouija boards not allowed. Yeah. And that wasn't a joke.
1: Yeah, no, that's like a serious Because, you know, some
0: people dress up as Ouija boards for Halloween, and if that happened, like, okay. I don't even think I would let them in the door. No,
1: definitely not. For me, that's my Catholic upbringing, for sure. Yeah. That's absolutely, we do not fuck with things like that. But, I mean, should we just get into, like, our paranormal experiences before we
0: yeah the podcast? Yeah, so, like, why we're so interested in all this shit. Yeah. Do you want to talk about, like, growing up Catholic and your mom and everything?
1: Yeah. I mean, so I grew up Catholic, um, but, which, I mean, that instills a natural fear of many things, including specifically the devil and, like, demonic presences and demonic energy. But I started to become interested in paranormal things because of my mom. Like, when I was growing up, she was always watching, like, ghost shows on TV and we watched a lot of Ghost Hunters and like I was scared of that and kind of mad at her for always having it on the TV because I was scared but at the same time I was like this is so fascinating Um, and my mom is obsessed with Halloween, it's her favorite holiday, anybody who knows her knows that she goes, it's like hardcore no joke for Halloween so I've always had this like love of all things spooky and weird and ghostly for my whole life and that has just followed me forever. I love ghost stories, love doing haunted tours. Like we've done haunted tours together. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just something I've always been interested in. I've never had an actual paranormal experience myself, but several people in my mom's family have some sort of connection to another world. One of my aunts has premonitions from time to time. My mom's great grandmother was a tea leaf reader. So like, it's in the genes somewhere down there. So it makes sense that I'm interested in all of this stuff. But Betsy has like an actual ghost story.
0: I do. That is yes.
1: very chilling. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But I can look back on it fondly now yeah. <laughs> because it wasn't like a malevolent ghost. Yeah. It was my grandma, which I will get into. But I can definitely attest to Greer's story and her mom and everything. I go to her house every year for Halloween because it's awesome. And then I watch her mom make her help her set up everything while me and Greer's boyfriend, Corey are just eating pizza that her dad has brought home for us.
1: Yeah. I get put to work every year, Yeah, but it's fine.
0: (laughs) It's always fun to watch. (laughs) And her mom's house is like the pinnacle of the whole neighborhood. As far as Halloween decorations go, everybody always makes comments about how cool it is and how much they love the decorations. Yeah, so I don't point. know if your neighborhood has ever had a decorating contest for Halloween. Oh, Ours has. Really? Yeah. And I think my parents won one year and my their parents really? <laughs> and their decorations put, like your mom's decorations put theirs to shame. Like it's, there's yeah. no, like there's, yeah. So I don't know why your neighborhood hasn't had, I guess, cause there wouldn't be a competition cause yeah. they would just give it to your mom every yeah, year.
1: <laughs> blow them out of the water every year. It wouldn't be fair.
0: Yeah. So with me, I've always believed in ghosts. My mom has always believed in ghosts. But we hadn't, like, talked about it all too much. Like, I remember asking her, like, from time to time throughout life if she'd ever seen a ghost and stuff. And she's very open to that, that sort of thing. But the rest of my family are all skeptics. <laughs> and it wasn't until, I think, this was, oh, Thanksgiving 2016 was when it happened. And uh, we were at my aunt and uncle's house for Thanksgiving, as we always go every year. And me and my little brother were sharing a room. And I think it might have been the day before or after Thanksgiving. I can't remember the actual day. But I woke up in the middle of the night. And I rolled over. And at this time, my older brother, he had had, just had um, knee surgery. He tore his ACL. So he was sleeping downstairs. And we were upstairs. But I saw this figure in between my bed and my little brother's bed. And it didn't really have a face, but like it was dark and I was like kind of half asleep too. So, you know, features start, you know, to come in, but they never did. It was just like a blank, like, ir- not iridescent, what's the word I'm looking for? Translucent?
1: Yeah.
0: Translucent figure. But they were clearly wearing flannel. So I, I, I had time in my head to think, is that Michael, my older brother, like, because he always wears flannel. But then I still had time to remember that he had torn his ACL and was downstairs and couldn't go up the stairs. So I was like, what the hell? What is that? And then it drifted over Jonathan's bed and disappeared. And I was wide awake at this point. And I was like, holy shit. And... I took my covers and buried myself under them because that was like the moment that I realized it was a ghost. Yeah. And you didn't fall asleep for the rest of the night, right? No. I mean, I did eventually, but I was like sweating under there Yeah, because it was so hot, but I refused to let myself over the covers because I was scared of what I was going to see.
1: Well, and that's the thing too, is like you were wide awake at that point. Like after you saw it drift, you were wide awake. So it obviously was not like, a dream or... A, like, no, I was like, by the way, it. yeah. And, like,
0: it was a struggle That's to annoying. fall back to sleep because my heart was pounding so fast. And I, at that point, I knew it was a ghost, and I was fucking terrified. But my theory is that it was my grandma because she would wear flannel nightgowns. Mm. And we were at my uncle's house, and she had lived there for many years before she moved in with us, before she died. And all, like, her whole family was there because it was Thanksgiving, so... It makes sense that her spirit would be tied to there. Because yeah. that's, like, where all the family gatherings are. Whenever we have any sort of family gathering, it's at my uncle's house.
1: So then, like, with assuming it is your grandma, does that make it less scary to look <laughs> on? Oh, there's lady. lady. That's my dog. <laughs> but as I was asking, like, is it, now that you can assume it was your grandma, is it less scary to look back on? Or yeah,
0: no? I mean, yeah, I think so. But then when I told my family the next day, my the, my first person that I told was my mom because she's the only believer in the, in the family mm-hmm. and she of course believed me and I texted you and I texted my boyfriend Craig and they both believed me but the rest of my family did not and my brother, he goes, I believe you think you saw a ghost <laughs> and I was so offended because also my brother and I, we watched Supernatural, the show mm-hmm. and th- in that show and like, and ghost lore in general, if you're a ghost, that means, like, you're trapped here for some reason, for unfinished business, whatever it is. So he was like, I don't like to think that granny is stuck here. Mm, Yeah. But I like to think that spirits can come and go as they please, or, like, make themselves known to their family, you know? I
1: think so, too. Yeah. I just feel like when you die, and if you go to heaven, if that's, like, your belief system... I feel like people who go to heaven aren't trapped and they can come to whatever they want. So that's what I like to think of it. It's the same way as you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and other like ghost stories that I've heard um, from like listening to other podcasts and whatnot, there's been a lot of people saying that their ghost was somebody from their family that was just kind of like following them along on their vacation and just like watching them live their life. Which is kind yeah. of sad, but oh my God. <laughs> Lady! <laughs> she just wants to have company. She
1: does. She's our guest for this episode. Yep. Um, we should also b- briefly talk about our haunted houses. Oh, yes. That we've lived in. Yeah. So we we lived together from. 20. 20 well, I moved in. It was the
0: end of 2018. You moved in in 2019? Yeah. Okay. So then 2019 to mid 2021. Yeah. So it was two and a half years.
1: Yeah, and so we we lived in three houses during that time for a variety of reasons that were a little tragic, and like our landlord sold our first house, so we couldn't re-rent, and then we got kicked out of the second house because the owner came back because it was COVID, and she wanted to live in her house, not rent it anymore, Um, and then our third house was we stayed, and it was fine, but the first house was
0: definitely- I think that one was the most haunted that we stayed in, Um, and- for context, we stayed or we lived in three houses on the same street, and they were all old,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like pre twenties.
1: The second two definitely. I think yeah. the first one might have been not as old, but it was okay. definitely.
0: Well, I remember when we moved in, they had to. There was a part in the lease that we had to sign because it was so old that it used to have lead paint in it. Oh
1: yeah,
0: um, <laughs> I which I think that. was like twenties. So it was old. Yeah. Um. So before Greer moved in and our other roommate i don't know where she was she wasn't there <laughs> at the time but I, so i was home alone and i was going to sleep and i stayed in the basement and when i was falling asleep i heard this loud bang from upstairs like super loud like it sounded like our t- like our table had fallen over or the tv had fallen or something but it was so loud and like i couldn't get back to sleep i was terrified because it's like either It's an intruder or a ghost, which is worse. Probably an intruder because that's an immediate threat, but you know.
1: I mean, what kind of spirit it
0: is. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So that was one instance. And then there was another instance where Greer and I were watching TV and there was a box of stuff in the kitchen and you could see the kitchen from the TV room. And there was the, you don't remember this, but I remember it. And the box moved by itself.
1: Okay, I don't remember that. At I know. Time. We, we've I also, talked about this multiple times. I, for anyone who doesn't know, I have the worst memory. And I have the best. Yeah. <laughs> so I I don't doubt that for a second. That's really fucking scary. Was it yeah. was
0: on the, the table? No, it was on the ground, like by the trash can. What the fuck? Yeah. And it, I mean, maybe it was like leaning on the trash can and gravity pulled down. I don't know. But it definitely moved. Wow. And we like, and it moved like and got our attention because we like looked. Oh my God. I am I'm have zero, zero. recollections like of this. I, believe I, mean, I 100% <laughs> believe this
1: happened, but I have zero recollection. That's terrifying. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah, so that house was definitely haunted, like, for sure. And then yeah. you said you heard noises, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: so um, our other roommate, Isabella, and I, sh- our bedrooms shared a wall, and it was, like, a thin wall, so there weren't... I, I couldn't imagine there were rooms, room in there for, like, pipes or any sort of, like critical structure of the house other than like a wall. And I would frequently hear banging inside that wall at night and with like zero explanation of what it could be. And it was like really freaky because I just, and I remember this specifically my first few nights, first few weeks in the house, I like couldn't really sleep well one because I always thought somebody was looking in the window to kill me, but also because (laughs) like this wall would make, like banging noises with no explanation. So this house had, it was like the house had great energy in general, but there were certain times where being in that house, especially being in that house alone, felt like it didn't feel right to be in that house alone.
0: No, you know? that house was scary, especially because when I had to go downstairs that I had to pass the, the back door Yeah. So I was, and we had a backyard. So I was always scared there was going to be somebody like, the door yeah, I know. Not <laughs> so have to think about it now uh,
1: um but then the second house that we lived in after that did you ever have any actual
0: no no there weren't any actual experiences but it was... like we did not have a good time in that house like because we were you know evicted after like two months so we just already had a bad relationship with that house and it was a great house like the actual house itself and it had a great backyard and everything yeah. but our experience was cut short And like amidst a pandemic and it was just rough. So by the time we got to the next house, I started having like recurring nightmares of that house, like being in that house at night. And it was weird because in the dream, it was just the house. Like there was it was darkness all around except for the house. That's so scary. the owner like would, I would be in the house. I don't know what I was doing. I was like looking for something, but then I would be scared in my dream that the owner was going to come back and like do something to me. And then like at the end of the dream, she did come home and like I ran out and like back to our new house. That's yeah. I remember those dreams. And like,
1: so we never had, as Betsy said, any experiences in that, in that house, but The energy, like that house alone at night was no joke. Like that, you just could Mm -hmm. feel something was very off in that house. Yeah. And we also know the, so the woman who was renting it to us, who eventually had to come back because she was a diplomat and she wanted to keep living in her house during COVID. So she kicked us out because she didn't want to rent it anymore. We learned that her husband had passed away within the last like five years or so of us renting it. And so we kind of have a... Theory, Theory that he died in the house, maybe. That he may have died in the house, which is extremely sad and tragic, but and could explain terrifying. why the energy in the house just felt bad. And even Corey, my my boyfriend, when we first got the lease for that house to rent it, we showed it, we were showing it to people. And even he was like, I don't have a good... Like, this house has bad energy, and he's not, like, a paranormal person at all. No, um, And he still would never think it was haunted, but, like, he just was like, the bad, bad. energy is really bad. Yeah. So... And then our third house, I never it was had. Fine. No, it was just old. It was old and like kind of creepy to be in at night, but nowhere near as creepy as our first house, Yeah, which no. was not as and old.
0: And I, I had to stay in that house, the second house alone by myself for two weeks because oh, yeah. I, that's when I got home from Japan amidst COVID, like right when COVID like hit yeah. the United States and I had to quarantine for two weeks. So Greer and Isabel, our other roommate, left and I was there for <laughs> two weeks alone and it was horrible. Yeah. Not good. But yeah, those are our,
1: some of our experiences with hauntings and bad yeah.
0: energy and yeah. weird happenings. Mm-hmm. Um, Nonsense, but you know, we have Yeah a whole, <laughs> a, a whole, life, <laughs> a whole life
1: ahead of us whole life ahead of <laughs> to, to of us.
0: deal with this shit. So. I
1: was thinking about this, like I don't, I, I want to have a paranormal experience because I want to be able to, Mm-hmm. have that, but I also don't at the same time. I know. I'm so like, I'm sure it's how you feel like you're probably I like, wow, I'm kind of glad that I had that experience,
0: but yeah. I, it, it, makes terrifying. For a, it makes for a great story. Yeah, but in exactly. the moment, in the moment, it's terrifying, terrifying. Even if it was my grandma, like it's terrifying. Yeah. To know that
1: that actually, I mean, we believe it's possible, but to actually have the the proof of yeah. your face. Cause but. then it's like, oh,
0: well, who else is watching me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess we should talk about, like, what we want this podcast to be.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So our idea is that every episode, we're going to take turns telling our favorite spooky stories. So that might be a haunting that we've done research on and are really excited about. But it could also be, like, any and all supernatural or paranormal legends and lore. Um, Kind of like a catch-all for any sort of weird...
0: Things that can't be story. explained by, yeah. you know, normal yeah. science, I guess. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, I think the root of this podcast will definitely be hauntings and ghosts, but we're not going to. Yeah. Like one week, one week,
0: like this week, we're doing ghost stories, but the next episode, we could be doing mermaids or vampires yeah. or aliens. It could be anything.
1: Yeah. I think anything that falls into the realm of, like, is this tangentially related to Halloween and, like, yeah. we, like we'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, and like, then I mean, you
0: better be doing Nessie one week. That's all I gotta say. Oh, bitch, I'm doing Nessie,
1: <laughs> full believe, full Nessie believer over here. Yeah, 100. Yeah, we have a lot of things that we stand very strongly behind in this podcast. Ouija boards being one of them, and for me, Nessie is another strong one. Mm. Um, But, I mean, eventually, assuming we have people who listen to this podcast and who are interested, we want to hear stories
0: from them. That reminds me, have you told anybody about this besides Corey? (laughs) Yeah,
1: I told a couple of people. Okay. They're all like, whoa, that's cool. Yeah.
0: I I told Craig, and he's... (laughs) He didn't really understand why we were doing it. He's like, what's the point? I'm like, because it's fun. <laughs> and I told some people, I told my D&D friends, and they're oh, definitely well, going to listen. Yeah. yeah. I told them and um, some people from work. And they uh, most of the people that I told all have stories. So I'm wow. like, well, right
1: into the podcast. Yeah. See, not many of my friends are big into the paranormal or like have ghost stories or like that. So... I mean, I'm guessing I'll bet they'll listen because they're my friends, but I don't Mm -hmm. think they'll have things to share. So I'm glad your friends will, because yeah, well, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But I mean, like, basically, this is just an excuse for us to sit down and talk about something that we love and are passionate about. A
0: creative outlet. Yeah,
1: exactly. A side project. If people (laughs) choose to listen, that's great. And if they don't, I don't really care. Yeah, it's just just fun. And we'll have
0: these like as memories stored.
1: Yeah, it'll be great. So should we get into our stories? Okay. Okay. So um, this will perhaps shock nobody who knows me at all, but my stories are going to take place in my favorite city in the world, Edinburgh, which is the capital city of Scotland. I know you're really surprised. (laughs) Um, Yes. For anyone who doesn't know me, I'm obsessed with Edinburgh. I studied abroad there. Classic, you know, study abroad changed my life. It's my favorite city in the world and that's great for this purpose, because it's also incredibly haunted. So I'm going to be talking specifically about Edinburgh's haunted vaults, which, you know, I'm going to explain about what all that means. But to start off, Edinburgh is an extremely, extremely old city. Like. This city was made the capital of Scotland in the 1300s or 1400s, but the land that it sits on has been occupied by people since the medieval times, since like the BC era. So that's what we're starting off with here. Like a really freaking old city that has seen a lot of life over centuries and a lot of really tragic and very dark death. So that's how we're starting this off. We're starting it off already pretty heavy. Um, so Edinburgh as a city is built on several major hills that are now connected by these big bridges that created like a long, flat stretch of walkway for people to use to navigate the city. So they're not, you know, making these big money treks up and down these massive hills. And these bridges have bases. They're these big stone bridges, have these bases and foundation that go way underground into the bedrock of the city and the bedrock of these hills. And underneath the top of this bridge, in this foundation, there are the vaults, which are basically like a series of chambers that lie underneath the arches, um, specifically of the South Bridge, which was built in 1788. So I'm trying to think of a good way to describe what this looks like, because we've done a tour of. Uh, specifically, a haunted tour of these vaults before.
0: Yeah, and the tour guide used me as bait. Remember yeah, that? He, yeah, I know. Remember that? Because there was <laughs> there was some spirit down there that allegedly would make itself known if somebody was secluded from the rest of the group. Mm-hmm. And the tour guide was like, "Who wants to volunteer to lure this <laughs> spirit out?" And then nobody volunteered, obviously. And he's like, "You." <laughs> And then they chose that opportunity to you do a jump scare. Yeah, love a jump scare. Made me fall over, and I cried. Yeah, it was really fun. It was a great experience. It's (laughs) such a good tour. Yeah, if you ever
1: the chance to do this tour, and when you're in Edinburgh, eventually in your life, you should do it. Um, But so to describe the vaults, the vaults, they're like. It's like you're in a dark underground, very cramped, like these hallways are very cramped, almost like a crypt. Is that like how you would describe them? Yeah. It's hard to describe without showing a picture, but there are these tiny sort of stone paved and stone like wall and ceiling, um, hallways. And then off the hallways, there are these sort of larger vaulted rooms, um, that have, I mean, I'll describe these later, but they have no light. They're like really dark and damp and pretty scary. So the vaults that I'm talking about, like I said, exist underneath the South Bridge, which was built in 1788. Um, And it was a really big deal when these bridges were being built because they were going to make the city traversable and commutable for people who were living there. So they wanted to sort of make a ceremony out of this first bridge opening. So they selected a prominent judge in the community's wife to be the first person to walk across the bridge ceremoniously once it was finished being built. Um, however, she died like three days before the bridge was finished. So she still was the first person to cross over the bridge when it opened, but she crossed over in her casket. Oh, so yeah. Rough. So the bridge was like off to not a great start. And a lot of locals saw this happening, this like instance of this woman being pushed across in her casket. They saw this and then were like, okay, well this thing is this is cursed, like this, we're not going to use this to traverse the city, and people refused to use this bridge for many, many years because of these superstitions, which um, some people at the time thought they were being, you know, the people who made this bridge thought these people were being ridiculous, they were being too superstitious, they didn't understand, but looking back, I think we can agree that these people might have been onto something with their suspicions of this bridge and what it was going to bring into their city. So as these bridges were being built, specifically the South Bridge, Edinburgh really began to boom. It was growing at a really rapid pace. um, And on the top of the bridges at the street level, there were storefronts and shops that were really lining all of the available space on the street and on this bridge. Um, It was becoming really overcrowded with shops and merchants and restaurants. And so these stores were running out of room to store their goods and to, you know, provide their services. So in order to maximize the space as things above the ground became way too overcrowded, people began to construct the floors and ceilings into the, the bridge's underground arches, which is what created these dark vaulted chambers that I was describing earlier. Um, and records from uh, back in the 171800s and recent excavations tell us that in the early days, these vaulted spaces were used um, as storage for businesses, but they were also used as their own individual trade spaces. So you had hat makers and cobblers and metal workers... Um, There were taverns down there. Basically, this underground became its own sort of thriving market in a way. It's what started as an overflow space for storage turned into like an actual, a place where people would go to buy and sell goods, Um, and it was like a a legitimate space for business to thrive. I I don't know if I would say thrive, again, because of how disgusting it was Mm -hmm. down there, but it was a place where business was taking place in a very crowded and booming city, um, but as time went on, the vaults really began to deteriorate into a pretty foul, and <laughs> disgusting state. Were these, was this going on, like, when the plague hit? I think it was. Okay. And none of my research specifically said that, but I remember, because I've done this tour twice now, mm. and I know that the plague hit Edinburgh and like devastated a lot of people. That's why that graveyard was so full of people. That's why it's hilly. Yeah. That's why it's hilly. (laughs) The the graveyard in Edinburgh, Greyfriars Kirkyard is built on hills and those hills are made of bodies because so many people died during the plague. They didn't have space to bury them. So they would just pile bodies and cover them with dirt. And that's why it's so hilly. And that's a true story. And it's disgusting. Fun fact. Yeah. (laughs) But even if this didn't happen at the time of the plague, this shit was filled with illness. So Basically these vaults started to deteriorate and there was a lack of there was like no light, there's no barely any air, there was no heat, no ventilation, sanitation was like minimal. And what's <laughs> the grossest part is that there is a slow and steady seepage of water and sewage and blood through the bridge cracks that made it into these vaults, you know, water just from rainwater, but blood from the butchers who were on the street mm. level sewage from you know the toilets that were on the street level and all that stuff would just seep down into the bridge and into these vaults where these people were trying to conduct business. So eventually the city was like, you guys got to get out of here. Like this is, this is unsanitary and it's disgusting. So these businesses had to vote vacate the vaults. Um, But the vaults themselves weren't sealed or closed off or anything, so they were basically left wide open for a whole new population of occupants to come in. And so the city's poorest, most at-risk, and most dangerous residents kind of poured into these disgusting vaults that were hidden underground away from the rest of society. Um, And interestingly, actually a lot of immigrants from Ireland who were fleeing the potato famine during the 19th century also moved into these vaults. And sometimes these sort of the vaulted off rooms would have up to 10 people living inside one cramped, dark, damp, like musty ass room. (laughs) So disgusting. Like we can't emphasize enough how gross this place was, but so many people had no other options for places to live. So they had to go into these vaults or they'd Mm -hmm. be on the street and probably die much sooner than they would have in the vaults, and many people died in the vaults. But this area quickly became Edinburgh's like most dangerous, if you want to call it a neighborhood. I mean, we're talking prostitution rings, gambling, a kind of thriving black market, and you had all sorts of crime, like murder and rape. Um, you had death from disease and starvation, just like festering in there. And there were also body Gross. snatchers who were very well-known, Um, to use the vaults to collect and store dead bodies that they would then sell to the University of Edinburgh's medical school for science. And it's rumored that the infamous serial killers, William Burke and William Hare, either lived in these vaults for a time or lurked within these vaults to kill some of their, I think they had 17-odd victims. So, yeah, these vaults are a very bad place. You didn't want to be there. The chances of you living there and dying were pretty high, Um, but eventually the city caught wind of what was going on, and the they're called resident. We call them residents, but they were squatting illegally. Like they were not legally allowed to be down there. But the people who were living in the vaults were eventually evicted, and the vaults were then filled with rubble to keep people from moving back in. Um, And so I kind of knew all of that history from our tour. I'm sure you did too. Mm -hmm. But what I didn't know is how the vaults were rediscovered, and this is where I'm like, this man is either a hero or insane. Um, The vaults were rediscovered in about the 80s when a local man crawled through a narrow passageway in one of his buildings and discovered this entire underground network of vaulted rooms underneath the bridge. So this man was just exploring, and he found, like, all this Whoa. insane shit under the bridge. <laughs> What's this? And, like, my instinct is to not explore. Like, I don't... No. Yeah, Especially I would, not anywhere a underground. A narrow passageway. I would God. never explore Claustrophobia. Narrow. Yeah, a narrow City. place. No. Oh, my God. Because I also feel like it's narrow in the sense that you're you're crawling on your hands and knees type of narrow yeah. and not like standing up in like a skinny space narrow. No. Cause I could do that, but to crawl through like a little passageway mm-hmm. and then you're in this massive network of like underground. How did he not get lost?
0: I have no clue. I yeah, would get lost and die down there.
1: Well, there's another story. I think this isn't about the vaults on this bridge, but there's another story about somebody discovered like a network of passageways under the Edinburgh Castle. And this is not the vault, but this was some other sort of underground tunnel system. And so they sent a little bagpiper boy down underneath and he was playing the bagpipes as he was walking down the Royal Mile, which is like the sort of main street in Edinburgh that connects the castle to the palace. It's like a mile long. Um, And the idea was that this boy would play the bagpipes as he was walking through the tunnels and then you could hear the bagpipes above ground so people could track where the tunnels were going. Um, But eventually they... They stopped hearing the bagpipes playing, and the little boy was never found or discovered. They like went down to search for him. They like never, found, was, his, yeah, they never found his remains never or anything. Or bagpipe. bagpipe.
0: <laughs> they <laughs> never found the bagpipe. Yeah, he's just lost oh to. these my god. He's unless creepy. he like found some exit unknown yes. to the rest of the <laughs> uh, of everybody and day. just like left. He's like fuck this.
1: <laughs> well, I for his sake, like, I hope so. But um, yeah, another example of creepy passageways underneath the city's streets. <laughs> um, but that's kind of the history of the vaults and which will be a surprise to no one. There have been a lot of ghost sightings and experiences since then, because once these vaults were rediscovered, they were opened up to the public for guided tours, which I said we've done before. Mm-hmm. And they're it's incredible. We did one that combined the the vaults and the, the body filled graveyard that I just described. Highly recommend. Um, But this is where we start hearing about several different hauntings. And in general, people who visit the vaults report figures lurking in doorways, feeling a sudden icy touch when nobody is there, you know, footsteps echoing in empty corridors, you name it. Um, A lot of sort of general sensations. But in addition to these general creepy sensations, there are several well-known ghosts that haunt the vaults that have been reported multiple times over the years. So these are like legitimate sightings. Um, And the first and most creepy, creepiest and sort of malevolent spirit is known as Mr. Boots, who is also known as the Watcher. So those who see him claim to see a tall, imposing man with, like, dirty clothes, a, a big heavy coat, and really heavy leather boots. Mm-hmm. And people say you can hear him sing, like, get out Ugh. in the vault's tunnels. You can hear his heavy bootsteps, which heavy footsteps always so freak scary. me out. So scary. Um and sometimes he'll even... This is the this is the kind of thing that freaks me out more than anything. He'll leave marks on people's bodies that they'll discover after their time in the vault has concluded, like after their tour is finished. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of thing where it's like, how do you... Because people can make up, you know, feeling someone pull their hair. People can lie about that. But when there's physical evidence of like bruises or scratches. That wasn't there before. Yeah. Exactly. That's when shit's about to get demonic in like every movie we've ever watched.
0: And like one of those tours we are we were on, the tour guide was telling us about like the different levels of poltergeist Mm -hmm. and like how the higher levels are more violent or whatever. And like the highest one is the one where the blood comes from the walls. (sighs) Oh. But like that's like sounding similar to me. Yeah. Yeah. So violent spirits.
1: Physically (laughs) can leave his mark on people. He's also been known to push visitors and throw rocks at them, um, which doesn't sound, I mean, I feel like it's more the idea that you're being assaulted with a physical object and not just like the rocks aren't really going to hurt you, but someone's, a ghost is throwing rocks at you. That's pretty fucked up. Um, And, oh my God, I wish we could show pictures to people listening, but in July 2015, a girl named Emma Surgeoner, I don't know how to. S-U-R-G-E-N-O-R, if you want to look her up. She took a picture of her sister in the vaults, and you can see, as clear as day, Mr. Boots <gasps> right behind her. What does he look like? Um, let me see if I can pull it up really quick. Oh, my God.
0: It's, like, this massive, <laughs> it's, it's really scary. Does it look like an, like an apparition, like yeah, an like actual a... person, or, like, yeah. a translucent kind of thing? Look at that. Right there. Wait. Oh my god, he's like wearing a, like a trench coat. Yeah, a trench coat, heavy boots. Looks like he has
1: some kind oh, of hat on. Oh my god. It is so terrible. There's so this picture, Emma is standing in the doorway. It's a picture. You can see her in the doorway, and it's a picture of the rest of the corridor. And it looks like he's oh. facing away from her. It is like. Oh, I kind of think it looks like he's facing her. Oh, really? Facing, facing her. Like
0: that's like the front of his boot, and then like oh. that's like the back of his coat. Like okay.
1: that. Wow. I saw it the other way, but I yeah i mean either way it is yeah it is like clear as day this figure is right behind her and it's so obviously not a human because you can see what she looks like as a human in the picture and this thing. she's like very opaque
0: he's like kind of faded. yeah
1: this thing is really scary so look that up if you can yeah um but that's mr boots and then there's a couple of others who aren't as Um, These ones really aren't vicious or as terrifying as him, but they are in the vaults. In addition to, I'm sure, literally hundreds of other spirits. Um, But there are a lot of theories as to who Mr. Boots is. Um, Some people think that he's a murderer who kept his own, his victim's body down in the vaults. And he's sort of patrolling the corridors to make sure that nobody steals this body so that he can, Turn it into the university's medical school to get money first. Um <laughs> Hello, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Others well what's that kind of I should have looked this up, but isn't there a kind of spirit that they die so suddenly
0: that they don't realize that they're dead? And that's what a lot of like yeah. colonial ghosts so are there's something called residual haunting. Maybe that's which what Which is, is I I'm not sure if that's what you're talking about, but I know having having listened to others uh ghost stuff and stories, um, they talk about it like there it's kinda of almost like a memory, like They're stuck in this memory of being where they were when they died. Mm
1: -hmm. And they just repeat the same action over and over again.
0: Yeah. So, like, you were saying about, um, like, soldiers and stuff. Yeah. And they're just, like, walking where they walked when they were going to war. That's so scary. That could just be, like, through somebody's front yard. (laughs) that's scary
1: right yeah so it's possible that mr boots is doing that and just still guiding guarding this body other people think he was some sort of slum lord um terrorizing the people who lived illegally in these vaults and charging them money to do so um and other people think he was just nothing more than a a watchman that was hired by a merchant to protect his or her property back when the vaults were used for legal businesses or to store you know goods um there like i said there are other few well-known the less much much less volatile spirits in the vaults as well there's a man called the aristocrat who is a gentleman with a tall black hat and a beard and he apparently leans on the wall and grins at passing visitors but some people think it's a sinister grin but he hasn't been reported to like touch people or grab them or leave marks or anything he just kind of
0: chilling <laughs> there. yeah i know
1: just chilling there so comforting um and then there there's the cobbler who i kind of think of as the fat friar he's from harry potter he's described as a short stocky man who smiles at people as they pass and is considered a generally positive presence. And then the last one that I could find documented specifically was somebody called Jack, the child, who was a blonde, curly haired boy, about seven years old, who was attracted to women and children. Um, and he had been, which actually might have been why you were single. Maybe that was the ghost they were trying to summon when you were singled out during the tour.
0: Maybe because Although- women maybe they were making it the guy made it sound like it wasn't a human spirit like it was like a little gremlin or something yeah well jack the child could have been a gremlin maybe but um (laughs) jack the child has been known to grab
1: the hands of visitors and tug on their clothing like he's like an excited little kid so it was then that sounds familiar yeah because that makes sense why they would pull you out because you're young and a woman and Mm -hmm. like I guess, at the time, technically, of child-rearing age, even though, Jesus Christ, we were 22. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it sounds like he's doing that not in a vicious way or, like, he's crying out for help. It's like he just wants somebody to play with and, like, might think you're his mom or his older Uh sister or something. Delightful. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, like I said, I mean, Edinburgh is... It's certainly the most haunted city in Scotland, but some people... Think it's the most haunted city in the UK, which I mean, when a city is
0: so old like that, I a thousand percent believe yeah, and, that, yeah.
1: I mean, it, and there are also so many cities just as old like
0: that, across especially Europe if it and, was like per capita, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not as big as like London, you know, yeah. but there's just uh, so, so many people for the small space that, yeah, is Edinburgh, like especially back then, yeah. Edinburgh yeah.
1: was crowded back then, lots of tenements, lots of overcrowding, lots of death, um, but. Yeah, those are my those are my stories of the hauntings of the Edinburgh vaults. Make sure you do a tour if you ever go. Wow, that yeah. was good. Yeah. A lot of
0: history. I know a lot of history. I love the history of that city. It's so fucked up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I am covering the Monte Cristo homestead, which oh. is in Australia. It's in Juni, New South Wales australia yeah actually it's pretty close to sydney it's like four hours away from sydney just you know for your geographical context (laughs) loves maps i I do i make maps for a living (laughs) making her shapes Uh, oh god um but it's also it's noted as the most haunted house or like most haunted place in the country of australia in all of australia Mm -hmm. wow yep um so let's get into its history a little bit. It was The land was first bought by this farmer named Christopher William Crawley, and he got it in like the 1800s, like late 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very, very small town. Like there might have been only a few other people living there at the time, and there was nothing going on. Like there was basically like no city center, nothing. And so he had, I'm sure he had a lot of kids because, you know, it was the 1800s and he was a farmer. So (laughs) that's what they did was made made kids for their labor. labor. (laughs) Um, So it was very hard for them for the first couple of years, like feeding all those kids and they were struggling and they were living in this tiny little hut. But then the Southern Railway line opened in 1878 and a stop was put in right in June, Mm -hmm. and because of that obviously brought a lot of travelers so he scraped the money together to get a license to build a a hotel and so when he did that all these travelers were coming through and staying in the hotel and the village started to flourish um and he was ultimately ultimately able to build the homestead and he built that in 1885 and it is I'll show you a picture of it. It's Victorian style, two-story. Oh, is it creepy looking? Um, no, it's actually pretty. Wait, what did I... Did I close out of it? Damn it. Here. Oh, there it is. This oh, is the website. That is really pretty. So,
1: yeah. I But also looks like it could be extremely haunted. Oh, yeah. That's what a lot of that Victorian picture yeah. looks
0: like. And it's pretty much in its state now, how it was in the 1800s. I'll, I'll talk about that wow. more um, in a bit. But, um, so he, where his family originally lived, he turned into a servant's quarters and he built stables for his horses that he was able to get. So he's like rolling in it now. He brought all of this wealth and, um, these visitors to Juni and the whole village starts to flourish and expand. And he eventually becomes one of its founders. Of the city? Yeah, so he's, like, a big man on campus, and, like, his family would host these, like, fancy balls at his homestead and all of this stuff. Um, So he is very popular. But he dies in 1910, so... He, I don't know how old he was at that point, but he wasn't super old because it wasn't caused by natural, natural causes. Yeah. He ended up having this sore on his neck that got infected because his collar rubbed on his neck Oh my god! and it caused a sore That's that got infected and he died.
1: Oh, I'm so glad we don't live that time. That is right?
0: So isn't, that, isn't that crazy? So oh my god. he dies and then his wife kind of goes nuts. She Aww. becomes a recluse. She locks herself in that in the house and beco- kind of becomes like a Bible thumper and oh like builds this altar that she puts in her attic. And, an altar? An altar she puts in her attic. Oh, God. And she, it's said that she only leaves her house two times before she dies. And she dies at the age of 92. Oh, my God. So she lives for a long time. A long time. Okay, guess I killed her? An infected neck? <laughs> <laughs> a ruptured appendix. Oh, oh like something that god. wouldn't kill you now, obviously. Oh my god! <laughs> but like, can you imagine getting all the way to ninety two and then you die of appendicitis? I know, like that's that would rude. be so
1: horrible. You deserve to die, especially after your husband dies from an infected neck. You deserve <laughs> to live a long, happy life and die in your sleep.
0: Yeah, but she lived god. until nineteen thirty three, so that was, she wow. was old She lived through the war. She well, one of the Great eighties. War, Great <laughs> War at the time. But Australia wasn't really involved in that, were they? I don't oh, know. Oh, shit. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, know. Really- I don't <laughs> know history. It's fine. Um, she was reading maybe the papers, were. I guess. Maybe they were. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> um, so when she dies, it goes to the whoever. The her next of, next of kin. Yes. There we go. And then it stays in the family until 1948. And then when the last person in the Crawley family leaves, it's vacant for several decades. And, but it has caretakers that maintain it, oh. um, but it's still vandalized, like, the local kids, you know. Kids, yeah. Who's paying Damn these kids. caretakers? That's a great question. Like, I don't know if at this point it's, like, a um, historical landmark oh, or something, yeah. but... It's being cared for by the state or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that could be it. Interesting. Um, but eventually everything in the house ends up being sold, um, and it remains in its bad state until it was bought by the Ryan family in 1963. So let's talk about the Ryan family, shall we? They pretty much begin the repairs immediately and restore it to its original state. So like how it was in the 1800s. Oh, that's cool, but also scary. (laughs) Yeah, but the auto occurrences pretty much start immediately. Mm -hmm. So when they first move in, they like go on a grocery run or something, right? Mm -hmm. With their kids. And when they come back, it's nighttime and there's a light shining Ev- from every door and window in the house. Oh, my God. But they don't have electricity. <gasps> is it like candlelight or just like light no, coming? light. light. So oh at this geez. point, they're like, oh, that's weird because one, Poor there's no electricity. <laughs> there's no electricity. So like, what is this? And two, they think, oh, maybe there's squatters in it because there was like squatters that would go in there like when it was vacant yeah. and stuff. So they were worried that was still happening. So of course, they like run up to the house. But the minute they open the door, there's no light. Oh, my God.
1: Like, as in they open the door and the lights,
0: they see the lights, like, Like, they see the lights from the outside. And then when they approach the house and open the door, they're off.
1: Oh, my God. Like, there
0: was, like, it was almost like there was never any light on in the first place. Oh, my God. So, that was, like, the first thing. And then also they had a cat and dog. Didn't want to go in. That's the first clue. Hello. If your cat and dog are saying no move (laughs) yeah or if they're barking
1: at a certain spot or into the corner staring into a ceiling corner yeah that's your clue get
0: out yeah sell it's not worth it Mm -hmm. refinance leave yeah and they would regularly hear footsteps walking across the upstairs balcony and would sometimes see a woman in white standing there oh my god which will be important later um the the wife's name was olive is Olive? She's not dead. Um, has she's felt hands on her shoulders when no one is there? Oh my god! Um, the dad is named Reginald. He would hang pictures, and then he would come back later and see it on the ground, like it's not broken, so it didn't fall. It's just like there. placed on the ground, wow. and that happened multiple times. And then one of the scarier things is their daughter went to check on her sleeping brother and saw an elderly man in old-fashioned clothes standing at the end of his bed. Oh, my God. And he went, or the daughter went and screamed for her parents, and when they came back, nobody was there.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Um, and then they didn't tell the brother, whose name is Lawrence, they didn't tell him until he was a teenager that this happened, and then he immediately switched rooms. <laughs> uh, that feels like betrayal. Yeah, but I guess but you he, just don't
1: want to scare your kid. No,
0: but he said he switched rooms because he always felt like someone was watching him in there. my god um so similar hauntings took place like for their entirety of living there but in the 90s that's when they decided to capitalize on that and Mm, open it as a museum and give ghost tours smart (laughs) but are they still living there at the time um yeah they live there they live there and they give ghost tours Mm -hmm. um so there's also a doll museum Mm. and let me see if i can find a picture for you in, like in the house or is this something? yeah mm-hmm. oh, it's my... in the house this feels
1: very like the haunted room in the the conjuring families i'm forgetting the oh you
0: know, the, the occult centers. museum yeah the occult mm-hmm. museum here yep this is it
1: <gasps> okay so this is basically So they, yeah it's like a room filled with Ew, shelves that are covered oh. in dolls <laughs> yeah yeah. It's really creepy. Also to describe this house quickly, it's like a large brick, like dark red brick house with what mm-hmm. looks like wrought iron balconies that wrap all around the, f- like the first and the second floor, like a porch and a balcony. Yeah.
0: And we're, we're going to have an Instagram, so we'll like post yeah, pictures we'll from our stories on there. And it there. has like a
1: huge fountain. It just looks mm-hmm. old and like very stately and very creepy. Yeah. But beautiful at the same time.
0: Yeah, so they have a doll doll museum there, and also an antique store. So it's like very old timey wow. and very haunted.
1: <laughs> My mom would be all over that antiques yeah. and ghosts. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. She's in. Yeah. So now let's talk about um, the ghosts, shall we? Yes. There are <laughs> apparent. There are allegedly ten ghosts that haunt the Monte Cristo Homestead. Wow. Um, the Crawley ghosts. So Christopher Crawley, the the uh, patriarch he haunts the room that he died in and he's supposedly a kind spirit you know That's he doesn't bring violence upon <laughs> his guests he's just there he's just there chilling um elizabeth the wife not so kind um she is said to bring a cold chill to anyone she doesn't like and mm-hmm. so the the people that run it now the ryan's it's the son, Lawrence, is the one doing the tours, the one that was in the bedroom with the, oh the old man staring at him at the end of his bed. Um, let me see. This is him and his wife. Oh. And they dress in old-timey clothes, but they say it's not for the visitors. They say that they do this be- for Elizabeth because she doesn't like when people are dressed inappropriately.
1: Oh, my God. So this dude is wearing... Like, like 1800s, long, 1800s, Victorian garb. Yeah, like a long black tail coat and like a red and like pants and dress shoes and like a red little vest. And this woman is wearing like. <laughs> she looks I kind of like an
0: 1800s vampire. Yeah, she kind of does. Like with a top hat. Yeah, or she bowler looks hat. wild. And look, they have like hearses on the property. Oh
1: my god. Okay, but then. So then do. Word. So then do the people who are given. Are, well, are the people who are going on these tours dressed in like their regular no. clothes?
0: No. Oh, yeah, they are dressed in their regular clothes. Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: I guess if you're living at the house full-time that matters yeah. more than just someone who's passing through mm-hmm.
0: that's really yeah. terrifying. Yeah. And so I guess at, at least if somebody's wearing regular clothes, she's appeased. Yeah. <laughs> um so one of the sources that I was reading said that the Crawleys hated animals in life Mm. and in death. And I was a little uh, skeptical of this because one, it said that they had prized horses, which like, Mm. you're not going to get prized horses. And then like, if you hate animals, but so what I'm about to read next is I am a little skeptical about it being the Crawley ghosts. Mm -hmm. So the Ryans came home one day to all of their chickens strangled to death. Their parrot, which hilarious that they had a parrot was choked to death in its cage Oh my god! And they had an entire litter of kittens that they had been raising <gasps> that were brutally murdered. And this source was saying that it was Elizabeth Crawley, but I think it was either an intruder that just came in and killed all their animals, yeah, or poltergeist or demon something activity. Else. Like I, Jesus. I don't think that was just Elizabeth Crawley. Like I think that was something more sinister. I mean, that's if animal that killing is like yeah. I mean, people killing like is obviously spirits worse, that but... can kill is like a whole other ball game. Like yeah, that's like that's, a demon, yeah, or different. a crazy ass poltergeist. That's something
1: that an Ouija board was summoned into your yes. home. Yes, <laughs> like
0: that's so. Really I don't think that was Elizabeth Crawley. I think that was something worse. Yeah, in my opinion. But moving on, there were two maids that are said to haunt the homestead. So, Crawley was said to be kind, nice, super popular, right? But then he also apparently got two of his maids pregnant. Oh, of course. (laughs) (laughs) So, maybe that's also why Elizabeth is a little sinister in death. I would be too, (laughs) damn. (laughs) Um, But anyway, one of the maids ended up allegedly dying by suicide, and they found out she was pregnant at the time. She had jumped from the balcony and died instantly. And that is who they think the Ryans were seeing up on the balcony. Like, they were hearing footsteps, remember what I said mm-hmm. earlier? And seeing a woman I'm in a white. Woman. And they think that that is the, the ghost of one of the maids yeah. that died from jumping up the, off that That's balcony.
1: so sad and so
0: tragic. I know. Um, and then the other pregnant maid ended up giving birth to a son named Harold. Um, who was unfortunately in an accident as a young boy that left him with permanent head damage, head trauma. Oh, no. Um, and he was permanently disabled for the rest of his life.
1: That's so sad.
0: Yeah, this, this story is actually, like, horrible and tragic and upsetting, so <laughs> just be warned. Okay, um, <laughs> <I'm> prepared. <laughs> He suffered horrible abuse from the village. Like, all the kids would mock him because he would be, like, screaming all day. He was in pain. And so these kids would, like, call him a monster and mock him and would, like, challenge each other to go find him and pester him and shit. Oh, my God. Which is horrible. And his own family was abusing him and kept him on chains. Oh, my God. They chained him in the coach room, and he was eventually found by authorities because his mom had died in her bed, and nobody knew about it for days, and he was found chained to her bed.
1: So, when you say the family was mistreating him, is that the Crawley's? Like, was it known that the child was Mr. Crawley's child?
0: I don't know if at the time it was known, or if it was just, like, a rumor or something, but when I say that, I guess his, I don't know whose decision it was to chain him up, but clearly his mother had some hand yeah, in it she because she like this is okay to do. Yeah. Jeez. And was he was chained to her bed. Oh my and god. And she died in it. And so when, oh, when god Yeah, so that's what the, when the authorities found him cuz she was she had been dead oh in in her bed. Um oh. and they took him to an asylum where he ultimately died. Mm. But his spirit made its way back to the homestead. Um and he makes his presence known with the sound of chains.
1: Oh my god. Yeah,
0: it's so scary. Yeah. It's so sad. It's really sad. This one is also fucked up. <laughs> this this place is fucked, okay? <laughs> like oh. the the people here were oh. miserable. <laughs> so, there was a young stable boy named Morris who was sick one day and decided to stay in bed. Oh. But his master was like, "Nah-uh, no sick days." Oh. And he he decided to Teach Morris a lesson by lighting his straw mattress on fire. Um yeah. Uh, is that how he died? He was too sick to move. So he burned alive. Oh my god. And so- people can allegedly still sometimes hear screams. Cause you can go into the stables. God. Like you can that's like still on the property. So this dude probably just, like, lit a match and, like, watched this kid burn to death. Yeah. He's probably like, well, why aren't you getting up? Get up, you idiot. And it's like... He probably thought
1: it was better to have a, a dead stable boy and, like, get a new one than to have, like, a sick one who is
0: useless. He probably did not care. Uh, that is that's really upsetting. Horrible. Because I don't think his intention was to kill him. Yeah.
1: But... but once it happened, he probably like, eh, was like, whatever. Okay, well,
0: that's how the ruling class works. Jesus. Yeah. Um, and then there was also another ghost who was a baby and there was a few sources that I found talking about this ghost. Um, one was saying that her name was Ethel, who was the Crawley's granddaughter. And another one saying that her name was Magdalena, who was the Crawley's youngest child. So don't know if it was actually the granddaughter or their youngest child, but either way, there was a baby that died from a fall down the stairs and the nanny carrying her at the time claimed that she was pushed. Like she felt a like um faceless, like disembodied push. Yeah. Oh my god. But of course nobody's gonna believe her. Right. Um. Wow. And today people have reported feeling irritable or upset when they go upstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, some people have reported feeling like a little little push, um, or an ice cold tiny hand oh, go into no. theirs. Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
1: That's so upsetting. Yeah.
0: And I actually, I, I looked at the reviews of this place on TripAdvisor and there yeah. was one review saying that they felt, like, uneasy and, and sick when they went upstairs. Oh, God. And they, like, left with their kids. Oh, God. <laughs> um. Yeah. yeah.
1: I would not bring a child to this location.
0: No, it's not. I mean, no. they you can tour it during <laughs> yeah. the day and then the ghost tours are at night. Okay. Um, and you can, I'll get into that later. But, Damn. um, and, okay, and then the last ghost was this guy named Jack Simpson, and he's the most recent ghost, like, addition, I guess you could say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was a caretaker in between when the Crawleys left the property and when the Ryans bought it mm-hmm. in 63, um, but he was unfortunately shot in 1960 <sighs> when he my was God. on the front porch. Oh, my God. This guy had watched Psycho three times, no. Alfred Hitchcock Psycho, three times before committing the murder. And he carved "Die Jack, haha" ha, onto the shed door, god. and it's still there. Oh my god! Yeah. Are there pictures of it? There might be. Let me see. I'm scared to Google this. I, know. I don't know. It's okay. just showing. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm... they might say that, that was just
1: show on the tour specifically, yeah. not advertising. Yeah, pictures. either
0: that or the source was incorrect. But Maybe. I like to think. Yeah, <laughs> I like I'll to think it. it's there. I'll believe it. Um, oh god. So he yeah, he just killed him. He just killed him because he. I feel like that happens a lot. Like, okay. with inspired, there's like, quote. um, yeah, yeah, like the guy who um Kill... or tried to assassinate Ronald Reagan who was obsessed with um Jodie Foster. Oh, I didn't know that, yeah, oh, yeah, no. yeah. So, like, there's a, a lot of these crimes are like, yeah, yeah, so. Well, and that's all of the reported ghosts I could find. Um, I don't think that actually adds up to ten. But it's close. It's close. Um, more ghostly happenings: lights coming on and off. Guests suffer nausea, overwhelming sadness. Some people have fainted. Greer's a chronic fainter, yeah, so I she faint would all probably the time, faint.
1: Vasovagal. Yeah. Things just make me faint, like standing usually.
0: Yeah. For- yeah. She, we're gonna have to have a chair at your wedding. Yeah. Just in case. That's so true. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, disembodied whispers, unexplained mists, orbs, and poltergeist activity. Oh my orbs. Yeah. I love an
1: orb. Yeah. Orbs show up in photographs for anyone who's unfamiliar. Yeah. Most in commonly. A, in,
0: in a lot of the TripAdvisor pictures, there was orbs, orbs w- and stuff all over the place. Explain Orbies.
1: an orb. Like, explain what an
0: orb is, if not a, a spirit. Light like, refraction. <laughs> no. No. In the camera. <laughs> no. Um. Oh, and today, there have, well, not today, today, but, like, modern times, um, the Monte Cristo has been featured on several paranormal shows, including Scream Test, Ghost Hunters International, and My Ghost Story. Are you familiar with any of those? Ghost Hunters. International, or? I
1: watched a couple of international episodes, but, like, Ghost Hunters, my mom and I used to watch all the time, and they Mm. did a live live episode on Halloween at Eastern State Penitentiary one year. Ghost Adventures nice. is good. Yeah, Ghost Adventures is great. They're not, like, hacks. <laughs> Ghost Adventures are hacks. Zach Baggins is a
0: hack. Oh, you heard it here, folks.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like I said, I looked at the reviews on TripAdvisor, and they were very mixed. Like, some people are like, this is a scam. They just want our money because it's cash only, so, like, <laughs> no, they don't pay taxes on that shit. <laughs> and, them. Um, and, like, a lot of people, you know, they didn't have any paranormal encounters, but I feel like, you know, I I like to compare paranormal activity to like the Northern Lights where you can't go expecting it to happen. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just happens. That's so smart. And you true, know? yeah. Like, it's not going to happen every time you're there. Like, if you go to a haunted house, it's not going to just be always happening. Like, you know, I read the the first installment of the Conjuring book series, which is called House of Darkness, House of Light. You should go read it. It's great. Um, but the woman who wrote it is the oldest daughter in the Perrin family, Andrea Perrin. And she would talk about how there would be months that would go by with nothing happening. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it would be, like, weeks of something happening every day. So, like...
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you have to think there are people who are touring this place just to prove that it's not haunted. Right. And those kinds and of disgruntled people, it, the people who are going to leave a review on TripAdvisor are the people who had an experience and the people who are disgruntled. Like, see, because, it's, yeah, not it's not real. I wasn't yeah. right.
0: You're yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um... So I think a lot of times, you know, paranormal activity is in, a lot to do with intent. Like, if you go in there expecting nothing to happen, it, very well, nothing will happen. Yeah. Or if you go in expecting to have some sort of experience, it might happen. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then some people were said... We did have experiences, but we don't want to spoil anything. You'll have to go experience it for yourself and that sort of thing. Um, and then there were a lot of reviews complaining that the property was unkempt, there <laughs> well, nothing was clean, there's old like um carriage mobiles everywhere because it's like old time. Yeah. And then I saw one comment about that that I thought really resonated. It was that, well, you're not paying for a luxury experience you're paying for a haunted house yeah hello and that's not going to be the most fancy clean experience of your life um because so you can do i think you can do like a regular ghost tour but you can also pay to stay overnight oh my god so like people were complaining about the accommodations and everything and like (laughs) that the food was bad and it's like you're not paying for like a luxury staying experience you're paying for a ghost tour like you experience oh my gosh so Yeah. Wow. That's the Monte Cristo homestead. Very haunted. Very sinister happenings. Terrifying Terrifying shit happened at this
1: place. Do you think you could ever do an overnight at like a haunted place in general? Like the Queen Mary I I don't think I could do that. Is that that haunted boat? It's the boat in California.
0: Yeah, I don't. Um, know. I, I, don't do know. I don't know. I don't know. Because you wouldn't sleep, obviously. No, like the point. That's is the whole to thing. It's like you can't. You can't do one of those experiences thinking you're gonna sleep. Yeah. Because if you're gonna do that, like don't go. Yeah. You have to like stay up and you. You know, my friend Nikki is trying to get me to go on one of those overnight excursions to one. I don't think it's Eastern State Penitentiary. It's a different one. Mm-hmm. I don't remember which one it is, but she wants me to do that. And she's like, think of the pod content. I mean, yeah. I just... And, like, I think I'm more open to going to, like, those things. But I don't know if I'm at the place yet where I could stay overnight. Yeah. Like, I would go and I'm tour, insane. like, a haunted place and I, I might even like try like do one of those EVP things or like the electromagnetic yeah. stuff mm-hmm. but during the day and like go home yeah, at night. Yeah. You know?
1: I don't <laughs> think I could stay overnight. And I'm I feel like you and I are similar in that we enjoy adrenaline rushes and like like mm-hmm. we would go skydiving together. We're like,
0: well, oh I I've been Damn thinking it. about that a lot recently. Uh, why? What changed? Because there's been so many people, not so many. I talked to <laughs> this one, it's like what if, like, what if the one time you go, your parachute doesn't work. Well, then you die. I, I don't <laughs> want to die going <laughs> skydiving. Oh uh, man, now I, gotta I know. I find
1: someone else to go with me. Well,
0: okay. Ask me again, like next time. Like if you if you find an opportunity where you're like let's book this, let's go. My mind might change. Okay. But like right now. And we almost had an opportunity to go skydiving when we were in um, North Carolina two years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the, our family friends that was there, too, she was like, we could book this. Let's do it. Like, if we want to, we should do it now. And we were all like, we all tried to, like, justify it being like, we don't want to pay $200. But really, I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I don't know to go skydiving. Damn it. It's very scary. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm aware that it's
1: scary. <laughs> okay, well, then scratch that example. Well, just wait. ask me again <laughs> at a
0: different time. I'm, <laughs> it might be a different answer later.
1: But, like, the point of me saying that was, like, I feel like we're both, like, we're up for an adrenaline rush. or Like, up for doing, like, Mark Huff's, the haunted forest we go to is, like, really scary. It's, like, a fun Halloween scary yes. walkthrough. Like, that yes. kind of thing is fun. I'm down for being scared. That's why we like scary movies and ghosts and stuff. I I don't think I could ever do an, a haunted overnight, or it would have to be like I could yeah. go somewhere like Eastern State, which is just an abandoned prison. With yeah. like,
0: there's only so much scaring yeah. I can take at one time. Like, if you want me to stay like eight plus hours overnight getting spooked every couple seconds. I can't, I don't think my heart can take it.
1: Cause the thing is like for these overnight things, it's not like you're just maybe on the queen Mary it's different because it's an actual hotel and you like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if they really let people do ghost hunting around the hotel, like legitimately, but for places like Eastern state, when you're staying overnight, you're like walking, actively walking around, walking through this prison, trying to ghost hunt. And no, Mm -mm. I would need to sit like with my back to the corner of a room and just stay in the corner because then nothing
0: can come from behind. That's you know? true. That's so true. I don't think I could ever do it. I'd think I'd just be too scared of something latching on to me. You know Yeah, and following you like, home. Too yeah. much exposure, something's yeah. gonna latch on mm-hmm. is my thoughts about that. Yeah. I just uh yeah. Okay, well, well. <laughs> that that was our story. Yeah, those are our ramblings. Um, I think it went well. Yeah, I think so
1: too. <laughs> that was fun.
0: I hope that those were interesting for whoever's listening. Yeah. Um, I don't think right now we're gonna be doing this weekly. We might be. I think we're gonna. We've settled on every other week for this time yeah. being, or like you know, whenever Better we reason. can. Um, but you know, if demand goes up, then <laughs> we will up our supply. Yeah. <laughs> um, just because you know, life happens, and we're still learning how to podcast and gauge interest and all that yeah um but that was really fun yeah that was great i thoroughly enjoyed that and i'm gonna thoroughly enjoy editing this <laughs> i think you know if i can ever figure it out um but yeah uh we are gonna have an instagram account i think yeah. i mentioned that earlier DFWG podcast don't fuck with ghosts podcast if you forgot what this is called (laughs) don't fuck with ghosts all right (laughs) um we we'll have a website it's dfwg.podbean.com but you can listen well we'll basically distribute this to anywhere you can listen to podcasts so spotify apple podcasts
1: google website whatever yeah
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. um and if you have a ghost story friends listening i know you do (laughs) We have a Gmail account, dfwgpodcast at gmail.com that you can send to us or you can just, you know, text me, <laughs> um, or but yes, send an
1: audio clip. That would be fun to play an audio clip of you telling your story.
0: Yeah. So, send a voice memo. Yeah, whatever you want
1: to do. Give us. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause we want to, we want to share other people's encounters and you know. Yeah. So, um, but yeah that's that's our show we do you know want to we're okay disclaimer we're not experts so t- don't take this you. but we do like hope to you know share some um wisdom with you all on how to you know keep away from the bad spirits or keep the bad spirits away from you um but today i think we're just gonna leave you with what we already expressed at the beginning of this podcast yeah. stay the fuck away from ouija boards yeah don't don't, don't do play it, it. don't, don't do play it. with it because something will come. It's not worth and- the
1: risk. Hello, that's how yeah. the fucking demon entered the house in The Exorcist. Like, yeah,
0: don't. Which you know, <laughs> if if it, if you liked this podcast and you want to keep listening, we'll give you a little teaser for next time. We're going to be doing Exorcist stories. Mm-hmm. So Greer's going to cover the real life story for what The Exorcist was based on, mm-hmm. and I'm going to cover the real life story of what the exorcism of Emily Rose. Was based on. Yeah, it'll be a good time. Both involve Ouija boards, so don't fuck with yeah, them. don't fuck with them. <laughs> All right, guys. Okay. That's it. Bye bye. Say it with me, Greer. Okay. Don't, don't fuck, fuck with, with Ouija boards. boards! <laughs>